We will be looking at chiefly uh, Psalm 119, verse 14, but to give adequate context, we'll look at um, the whole section. Hear now God's word. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I remind you, as I once did before, this is God's holy and inspired word. It contains all that we need for faith and for life. The grass withers and the flower fades. but The word of our Lord abides forever. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we exult in your word. We delight in your word as much as in all silver, as much as in all riches, in all wealth. Please teach us from your word. Please conform us to the image of your Son, who delights in your testimonies par excellence. We ask that in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. The definition of delight is to please someone greatly. To please someone greatly. What things bring you the most delight? What pleases you greatly. You may delight, be greatly pleased in your favorite sports team's victories. You may delight in hobbies like fishing or hunting or shopping. You may delight in your family and your family vacations. You may delight in your job. You, You may really enjoy your occupation. Those are not bad delights, but they are not spiritual delights either. The delights that Psalm 119 alludes to are spiritual delights. You can identify your spiritual delights in things that you pray for. So what things do you pray for? That is a good indication of your delights. What are the things that most please you when you go to the Lord in prayer? We pray fervently for the lost and unconverted, that they might see the error of their ways and be brought into a state of salvation by a Redeemer. We would be most pleased if God would grant that desire. We pray every week fervently that Bob and Dale will be cured from that disease of Parkinson's. We would be most pleased 
if God would grant us that prayer. We pray every week fervently that people will find a cure from cancer. We delight. It would please us greatly if the Lord answered those prayers. We pray every week fervently that people who have diabetes, that God would cure them from that. We pray every week fervently that the people that cannot have children yet will bear children in the future. And we pray every week fervently for the missionaries, foreign and domestic, that are taking the gospel to places that have never heard it. We delight. We are greatly pleased if God grants those prayers for healing and for fruitfulness. But ultimately, we say in the way of your testimonies, I delight as in much as, much as in all riches. We delight in God's testimonies. But ultimately, the Christian is pleased with Christ. The Christian delights in Christ because he is most satisfied and with, with Christ who is the fulfillment of every testimony under heaven. In pointing to this, we acknowledge that every Old Testament passage ultimately finds its fulfillment in the person and work of Christ. As John 5.39 says, you search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about Me. Or better yet, it is they that testify about Me, that bear testimony about Me. Everything in the Old Testament are types and shadows of the ultimate fulfillment in Jesus Christ. Therefore, we acknowledge that when the author of Psalm 119 says, in the way of your testimonies I delight, it means that Jesus delights in the way of God's testimonies par excellence because it testifies about Himself. Therefore, the doctrine of this text is this. Believers delight in God's testimonies more than wealth because Jesus is the fulfillment of God's testimonies. Once again, believers delight in God's testimonies more than riches and more than wealth because Jesus is the fulfillment of God's testimonies. Under the exposition, I would like to take this verse under three headings. Delight in God's ways. Delight in God's testimonies. And finally, the degree of that delight. <clears throat> First, let us take delight in God's ways. Psalm 114 says, In the, the way of your. In the way of your. In other words, I delight in God's ways. In Psalm 119, we have often heard about ways, and there have been two ways that the author 
of Psalm 119 speaks. Man's ways and God's ways. Let's take man's ways first. Man's ways are concerned with, excuse me, man's ways are the concern of verse 1, 5, and 9. Verse 1 said, Blessed are those whose way is blameless. This is promised to the one whose way is blameless or irreproachable. That is a promise from God that whoever is blessed or happy, those people are blameless. Holy ones are happy ones and vice versa. They that are most holy are the most happy. That is what God promises. The blameless one will be holy. In verse 5, the author recounts, Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. He prays in this passage that my ways, man's ways, may be consistent in keeping God's statutes. This denotes that he may or may not, but he pleads with the Father in heaven to make him steadfast in keeping God's statutes. And finally, verse 9. How can a young man keep his way pure? How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. If a young man guards God's word, he will be pure. If he doesn't guard God's word, he will be unclean and defiled. Man's ways are very fickle, aren't they? He can be blameless, steadfast, and keeping himself pure. But on the flip side, he can be deceitful, blameworthy, and defiled. If he doesn't guard God's word. You know this by experience, don't you? You have all been subject of man's fickleness, haven't you? Or you have been the one subjecting man's fickleness to other people. You have all, all been subject to the impurity of man's ways. Just look at your own heart. Husbands and wives have impure motives every day. Or impure lusts every day. Or at worst, you have actually committed the crime and had an adulterous relationship. You have not been blameless according to God's law. And you have not been steadfast in keeping God's statutes. Praise God for sending His Son to wash all of our sins away that we daily commit. As an act of gratitude for our redemption that we have in Christ, we daily get up and call upon the Lord, upon the Father, Son, and Spirit to help us to be blameless, and help us to be steadfast in keeping God's statutes. And He draws near to help in our time of need. On the flip side, there are God's ways. God's ways are described in verse 3 
14 and 15. Verse 3 says, Who also do no wrong, but walk in His ways. In God's ways. God's ways are not wrong in any respect. His ways are always right and good and true. His ways are always just and always good. That informs our understanding of this passage. In verse 14, in the way of your testimonies. Essentially, in the way of God. He prays that God's ways will impact His ways. That last verse... This last verse would have us, excuse me, verse 15, fix my eyes on your ways. In other words, fix your eyes on God's ways. Can you imagine if we fix our eyes on God's God's ways? Which are always true and right and noble and just if we sought our eyes to be fixed on God's ways, this would compel us to be holy for the Lord our God is holy. In essence, the believer delights in God's ways and he prays that God's ways would be reflected in our ways. That would be a powerful impetus for our sanctification. If we beheld if we looked with our eyes and fixed on God's ways. Realize, however, that the description of the passage, the author of Psalm 119 says he delights in God's ways. This isn't just lip service. He delights in God's ways. He is most pleased in God's ways. To delight in God's ways are to delight in God's testimonies. And this is the second heading of this passage. Delight in God's testimonies. Psalm 119.14 again says, In the way of your testimonies I delight. This word can mean God's witness or God's testimonies. He says He delights in the way of your testimonies or your witness. In Psalm 119, it is most likely synonymous with laws or rules or precepts or words. All the things that we have talked about throughout our discourse on Psalm 119. However, we want to explore the various meanings of of the Old Testament. Testimonies or testimony are applied to three basic things. The tablets of the law, or the tabernacle, or the ark of the testimony. Testimony occurs 43 times in the Old Testament, and testimonies occurs 35 times. And all of these things are testimonies. 
and they concern the law, the ark, and the tabernacle, and they appear quite frequently in the Old Testament. I will produce two examples of every heading. First, the tablets of the testimony. For example, Exodus 31.18 says, And he gave to Moses, when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai, the two tablets of the testimony. Tables of stone written with the finger of God. And Exodus 32.15. Then Moses turned and went down from the mountain with the two tablets of testimony in his hands. Tablets that were written on both sides, on the front and on the back, they were written. The testimony confirms that the law, the two tablets, were a testimony or a witness against God's people. They could abide by them or not. And this would be a testimony of how they performed it. Secondly, the Ark of Testimony. In the Old Testament, you probably know this as the Ark of the Covenant. But the Ark can be often referred to the Ark of the Testimony. For example, uh, Exodus 25:16. And you shall put into the Ark of Testimony and excuse me, and you shall put into the Ark of the Testimony that I shall give you. Or Exodus 25:22, there I will meet with you from above from the mercy seat between from between the two cherubim that are on the Ark of the Testimony. Lastly, this can mean the tabernacle of the testimony. For example, Numbers 150 and 53. But appoint the Levites over the, tab- over the tabernacle of the testimony. But the Levites shall encamp around the tabernacle of the testimony. Or Numbers 17, 7 and 8. And Moses deposited the staff before the Lord in the tent of the testimony. On the next day, Moses went into the tent of the testimony, and behold, the staff of Aaron for the house of Levi had sprouted and put forth buds and produced blossoms. These can all be rendered testimony in the Old Testament. The law, the tabernacle, or the ark of the covenant. This will become most important when we speak of the Christological aspect, but just bear those in mind um, uh, for now. We also need to note that the author says, I delight in your testimonies. I am most pleased because of your testimonies, your laws, your rules, Your word. He says, I am most delighted in that. We need to, believers, we need to delight in God's word. We need to delight in God's laws. I I know that this is not a popular sermon because, frankly, 
Believers don't delight in God's law. But believers should. I delight in your laws. Because these are the product of your own mouth. We delight in His righteous rules. Because it reveals Him to us. I delight in God's Word because it is the product of His own breath. And if you you can't find delight in those, pray and plead until God makes you delight. Plead with the Father because you know you should be like this. And pray that you will become like this. Pray without ceasing that you would become like this. I delight in your testimonies. I delight in your word. I delight in your righteous rules. I delight in your statutes. Pray until you are conformed. Lastly, we need to speak of one more thing that The text speaks of the degree of delight. He says, I delight as much as in all riches. This can be translated as much as in all wealth. This is the greatest degree which he delighted in God's testimonies. As much as in all wealth. Or all riches. I rejoice. I love. I delight in your testimonies as much as in all possessions. As as much as in my greatest treasures. My silver and my gold and bronze. All livestock. All land. All property. All my possessions. I delight as much in your testimonies and as in all these, these things. Calvin says, as wealth attracts itself to the hearts of mankind, so I have taken more exquisite, exquisite delight in the progress which I make in the doctrine of godliness, that if I abound in all manner of riches... This is the degree which the author delights as much as in all riches. This leads us to our applications. I have four applications for you this evening. The first one is this. Look to Jesus and know that all the types and shadows of the Old Testament, the law, the tabernacle, and the ark, were meant primarily, ultimately, to point to Jesus. Jesus is the fulfillment of the law, the tabernacle, and the ark. First, He fulfills the law. As Jesus said in Matthew 5.17, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. 
The law was ultimately fulfilled in the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. He also fulfilled the tabernacle. You are familiar with the Greek of John 1.14. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us or tabernacled among us. And He is also the ultimate fulfillment of the Ark of the Testimony, including the mercy seat. Hebrews 9, one, uh, I'll read scattered uh, uh, on Hebrews 9. Uh, now even the first covenant had regul- regulations for worship in an earthly place of holiness. For a tent was prepared. The first section in which were the lampstand and the table and the bread of presence. Verse 5. Above it were cherubim of glory overshadowing the mercy seat. Verse 11, But when Christ appeared as a high priest of the good things that have come, then the greater and more perfect tent not made with hands, that is, not this crea- of this creation, He entered once and for all into the holy place, not by the means of the blood of goats and calves, but by means of His own blood, thus securing an eternal redemption. Jesus secured an eternal redemption by becoming the the fulfillment of the tabernacle. And this includes the mercy seat which was on the Ark of the Testimony. God meets with His people through the person and work of Jesus Christ. Secondly, Jesus delighted in God's testimonies or witness. The Father in sending His Son delights in His Son. At the, bapti- at the baptism of Jesus and the mountain of transfiguration, the Father said, This is My beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. The Father delighted in the Son. He was well pleased in the Son because the Son was delighted in stating the Father's testimonies. Proof of this is uh, John 5, 30-39. Please turn with me if you have that. Now, you will do well as you turn to it that in the ESV, the translators used witness and testimonies interchangeably. This is from the same Greek word, translated in both ways. Just bear that in mind when we read uh, the translation. Chapter 5, verse 30. I do nothing of my own, Jesus is saying this. As I hear, I judge, and my judgments are just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I also bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John... And he had borne witness to the truth. 
Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than John. For the works of for the works of the Father that the Father has given me to accomplish the very works I am doing. They bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you. For you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it is they that bear witness about me. In other words, the father bears witness to the son about the son. And God the Father gave works to the Son to be accomplished. And He delights in accomplishing His testimonies. He has performed miracles. He has raised the dead, healed lepers, made the lame walk, giving the power to jump for joy. Is this not an indication of joy? Jesus delighted in performing God's testimonies. God is true. And Jesus delighted in God's testimonies. Par excellence. Application three. Jesus delighted in God's testimonies more than silver. In Matthew 8, He said to the crowd, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. If he had made himself concerned about wealth, he would surely have had a place to lay his head. But instead, he didn't concern himself with wealth or riches. He concerned himself Only to do the testimonies, to give the witness to the Father. Further to the point, Paul said in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you by his poverty may become rich. God the Son was rich in His infinite, eternal being. But in His earthly ministry, He was humiliated for you. He did not cling to His riches. He became poor that you might become rich. What marvelous love is this? That Though he was rich, he became poor in order that you might be enriched in him. 
What marvelous love is this? He wasn't concerned about riches and wealth. He was only concerned about God's testimonies. He delighted in God's testimonies. And he was concerned about you and me. Lastly, I implore you to fourthly delight in the testimony of Christ. In following Christ's example, we must delight in God's testimonies of Christ, which leads to something more precious than gold or silver, eternal life. Eternal life. 1 John 5.11 says this, And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life, and this life is in His Son. Delight in the testimony of the apostles. Acts 4.33 And with great power, the apostles were giving the testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Delight like the Apostle Paul. 1 Timothy 1.8 Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord. Delight as the martyrs in Revelation 12.11 And they have conquered by the, the, the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. Delight in God's testimonies about Jesus more than in all riches. Jesus said, what does it profit if a man gains the whole world and yet forfeits his soul? Oh, it would not profit us anything to gain the whole world but lose our soul. So delight in the testimonies of God through Jesus Christ, and delight in them more than silver or gold or wealth or possessions, and this would lead to eternal life. Let us pray. Oh, Father, we long to delight in Your testimonies, in the way of Your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. Let us plead for that. Let us pray fervently for that. That You enable us to delight in the way of Your testimonies or Word or rules or laws as much as in all riches. And if we don't have that, may we pray more fervently because You, you give help to the needy, the helpless. And we are helpless to do this. But enable us to delight in Your Word and Your testimonies. 
Help us, we pray. For we ask that in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen.